Welcome to Young Black in America podcast, the podcast where we talk about being young black in America. I'm your host, Jeremiah Davis. Jamal Davis. And we're Young Black in America podcast. Uh, and today's topic are the banning of Louis Farrakhan from the uh, Facebook and Instagram platform. So we're going to be discussing our top five Farrakhan quotes, conversation about the banning, and also those overall feelings on um, censorship in privatized tech companies. Mm-hmm. You ready, Maya? Mm-hmm. Let's get underway. So um, this past week, I, um, Facebook and Insta- Facebook d- decided to ban what they call hate speech people. There was a lot of people, wasn't there? And they legitimately were hate speech, like Milo Yiannopoulos and all those other people are hate speech, white supremacists. But they banned Louis Farrakhan, and that had an uprage in the black community. Now, Louis Farrakhan does say some, you know, questionable things. (laughs) Yeah. But you have to keep in mind culturally and have an understanding of the nation from a cultural perspective in order to comment with any form of true knowledge on the subject of Louis Farrakhan. Because he is a very controversial figure. It goes back to the Women's March. Do you remember the Women's mm-hmm. March controversy where the black woman who uh, helped organize the march had connections with Louis Farrakhan due to her activism yes. back at home. And all these uninformed white people say, the women's march is anti-semitic what? which it wasn't you know what I'm saying? Well, i think too there's a lot of misinformed ideology about the nation of islam mm-hmm. there's a lot of um misinformed narrative around the nation of islam around its teachings and definitely due to the fact that like the speakers of the nation have had they they do tend i think for most people who haven't done as much research as they should about these things believe it to have more of a more of a like a um, very negative view on white people and a very violent view on white people. So I think there are groups of people who do kind of idealize and put inside of the box that it could be counted as a hate organization. Mm-hmm. Now I think if if you participate in it or if you know people who are very much active in the nation, you see that that's very much the focus from the ideology of it. Mm-hmm. But because of the rhetoric that people have said about white people. It, it does get that tone. This, this is conversations I've, I've had with a lot of people. Um, definitely when you meet people and you and you t- go over being connected to Islam and being connected to it through the way that I was introduced to it and the way I grew up inside of it was through the nation. Um, there definitely is negative connotations to that. Um, I mean, I was I didn't grow up in the nation. My whole rest of my siblings. <laughs> yeah. It's an, it's an interesting <laughs> experience. I do have one question. Do you think the nation takes kindly to interracial <laughs> marriages? So, like, if, like, your wife... Well, the nation or does Islam? Just nation. The nation Islam, Islam is, is a very is, different is different topic. than the nation. Yeah. I mean, they did have some reforms in the 70s. Yeah. Um, to make it more of a traditional Sunni Islam organization. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just wonder, do they have any little half-breed babies? Running around and they hear well, the white na- devils. This is my this is this is for, oh, the white devils thing. That's really tough. Um, the I think I think a lot of people in nation focuses so much. This is my experience. Focuses so much on black love mm-hmm. and the concept of being in the nation is black empowerment. Mm-hmm. 
Like, and that's in every aspect of life. So, social aspect, economic aspects, everything like that. So, for you to fully go into that mindset, they, I don't think they, I don't think that they can actually, um, support intellectual merits to the extent that maybe, and this, 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 this is my, my viewpoint on it and my experience in it. It's not my, um, like I'm, I can't speak for the, the nation of Islam. I'm not like a nation of Islam spokes like spokesperson representative, but I think this makes them a little bit more difficult to have them as a welcoming environment. Because black is so beautiful to them, then why would you go outside of yeah. blackness to love? I mean, Farrakhan did have a quote says he said, uh, "I would prefer if you had relations within your own kind, mm-hmm. but love is love. I mean, love is love, and I think that's a really good quote. I think it's something that, like, I paraphrase. I know, but I think that that that's that's pretty much like a good understanding of relationships and my experience with them. Like I said, these aren't my beliefs. I, I I'm totally down for relationships. I am. I think they're great. I think it shows you so much more of a different cultural aspect. But it's funny. I was having once with my friend, and we was talking, and she has a um, nephew, and he's older. Now he's probably like 13, 14, and he he's mixed, but he was raised around white people. So she was, was having one since he was telling me about like him searching for his blackness now, because he because he knows that he's black, but he's never been around black people because like, his dad's not in his life and his dad's African American, raised raised in a predominantly white household. So he's like, find his blackness. Yeah, he's trying to like figure out like. What is it like to be a black person in America? I can imagine the books in 20 years. I can, I mean, there's going to be a lot of content about this as blackness evolves. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, and I think that's something that we don't really talk about. And that's something that, and, I, and I'm interested to see Bob banning figures like, like, like a Louis Farrakhan, who took, we do speak very highness of, of, of blackness. Um, how does that affect people who are mixed and next generations to come? You know what I'm saying or well, no? I think I think the nation has had a huge impact in the black psyche mm-hmm. in the past 50, 60 years. Black psyche, I like that. Well, I mean, I'm <laughs> I mean but like yeah. it has really have had a focus on black separatism, yeah, and really black so. cultural, uh, cultural supremacy in the sense not supremacy is not the best word, but cultural um, expression. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so I think it runs deep into the black psyche. Even with people who never were part of the nation, still have a lot of the the roots of the nation. The idea of black empowerment, black separatism, mm. building your own sustaining forms of black communities outside of the white supremacist system. Yeah, and I don't, I don't see those ideas fading. Like even yeah. on Instagram the now, going down and even on Instagram now, you have so many black separatists. Mm-hmm. Ideology and and black separatism is not a negative thing in its own right, uh, but it is it's just idea of this. You just support black. You you, you buy black. Yeah. You make black owned businesses. You invest in the communities. You buy real estate and you fight up against these white supremacist systems that are trying to uh, come into our black community. So I think. I think we see that a lot now on Instagram, like I do. Well, you see it a lot now, now because you know. I think we're, we're having a conversation that we didn't have before because mm-hmm. now at a point in time, well, probably like these last 10 to 15 years, we've started to see the takings of black communities mm-hmm. and making it on white communities, even if it's full economic lens because these are where the jobs are and this is where people want to live now. Mm-hmm. People are feeling displaced. Mm-hmm. So when you have people feeling displaced, they're going to want to 
hold on to their economic situations. Mm -hmm. And we do that by figuring out the best way to accumulate wealth outside of the white system because a lot of people do not have the same, or they or they believe they don't have the same, believe is a better word, mm -hmm. believe they don't have the same access to people um, inside of these economic situations or have the same access to get the same support inside economic situations. And then for some, and to some extent, they're food. So like banking, banking loans in this country are pretty much biased towards Af African Americans. You can look at the data, mm -hmm. it shows this as a fact. There's a good book called, I believe it's called Banking, Banking While Black. I, that's probably not the name, but you look up Banking Black, yeah. a couple of them. So there are, there are, there are, there are actually supports or arguments that have made the claims that it makes it a little bit harder for you to get housing loans, auto loans, things like that. Unless but, you have really good credit. And even being having bad credit is also something that's tied to a lot of black people in this country. Because they're poor. At least stereotypically. I think I, I think we're fine to say that narrative. But that is the stereotypical narrative that has been placed on us. Now, something else, too, the nation fights against is a lot of the media representation of what blackness is that we interpret very young. Like, um, even how the nation styles itself. Mm. Market is just so yeah. You never see a, a a person in the nation wearing just a polo. Mm. They're always in a white shirt. Yeah, black bow tie. Yeah, and the women are always in a, a a gown of white. Yeah, and I think also going back to your point, the I don't think so much the nate. I don't think people who who follow the nation thinks that they don't have access to. I think they want to build. They want to build their own because they understand that yeah. they you, they understand the operating inside of a. Mm -hmm. A white owned probably biased institution. Mm -hmm. So they understand that. They want to figure out ways around that so they go into separatism mm -hmm. to kind of move into that direction. And I mean, I have my own problems with black separatism, mm -hmm. but um, that's nice. for a different I don't think it's that's the cure. For a different episode. I definitely don't think it's oh. the answer to, to, mm -hmm. to the problems. But we it, face. it could, it's a good it's idea. It's a band aid. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't necessarily say a band aid, but I think it's a good stepping stone in a in a direction that I would much prefer of a, of a traditional black uh, cooperative economics, but that's a different, you know. Well, I mean, I think, too, episode. I think, I would, I would, I don't know if I would get to it, but I would prefer a war where we're not measured based off colors or skins. Yeah. Um, You know what I mean? And I think we have to make the steps necessary to make that happen. But, and there are societies that have done this successfully. Uh, this is we haven't been because America has a lot of its own baggage and things like that that we kind of fight back and forth for. Mm. But to under, but to try to figure out like, cause I don't I don't think people want to have the conversation that people need to have when what's this blackness is changing a lot in this country. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like so have helped us kind of bridge a lot of racial gaps. I think um, for the people who are able to maintain housing and side identification. So now living in extremely mixed neighborhoods, probably wasn't a dominantly white neighborhood, now a dominantly white neighborhood. Um, so for the people who are able to sustain some economic support, they're going to interact with white people in this country. And I think I think even Farrakhan understands that to some extent. It's just the like the narrative, the blue-eyed white devil thing. These very like distinctive hate terms, talking about killing white people very openly. Or things that it's it, he says like he says this shit. And I'm not, I'm not saying it's it's the right thing to say. I'm not saying it's the wrong thing to say. It's just, this is what this is what he says. This is his feelings. Um, but I think the the bigger issue that a lot of people have, and I think that I'm discovering, is that a lot of people did not understand that Facebook's not the government. Mm -hmm. And I, I think, and and this is universal that people don't understand the laws of their country. Mm -hmm. uh, people don't get that first your First Amendment. 
you lose your First Amendment every time you enter in a privately mm-hmm. owned company, yep. or privately owned organization. They set all the rules. Like they have their own bylaws, have their own rules. And when I think now, when we are realizing that how much control these companies have over our lives and are going to extend more control over our lives, only furthers the point of building alternative systems and these alternative systems don't just need to be black controlled you know what i'm saying i'm just saying in general yeah because i people forget that these these uh international companies operate like governments they are private Mm -hmm. governments that have private with their own cities Mm -hmm. like think about think about think about the elon west city Mm -hmm. because he does this is a city yeah like they Mm -hmm. have like these things are becoming way bigger I don't think most people really... Because we've never seen them mm-hmm. scale this quickly before. I mean, there's always big companies and there's been bigger ones for, like... Not always. Probably, like, the last, what, two, three hundred years or so. Well, but, but, these, but these companies are different to the extent Because they can ex- These it. are exerting more control over oh, rather me. than whether yeah. or not just your job. And that's a huge amount of control yeah. in the first place. Um, but these companies are controlling what you see, how you see it, where you see it. And your thinking processes. Mm-hmm. Like, we're really, like, we're really starting to enter, like... I don't know, I took a lot about, like, 1984 and Zor's and, um, Zor's Orwell and mm-hmm. the Thought and the Thought Police. But they but thought it was the government, but, but now it's private companies. companies yeah. yeah. Like, well, like, the fact that because, like, even some of the other guys in the band, like, not even just Farrakhan, but, like, even the, even the InfoWars guy. Oh, I don't believe, I don't believe what he says, but I do love his content. It is the funniest thing. I've the ever turning the frogs gay. <laughs> like, the thing the that, the <laughs> thing that he says when they is, is terrible, is terrible. Terrifying, this is this is his idea. It's terrifyingly but, stupid. That's what <laughs> I'm is. not gonna go that far. But it's still it's terrifying. These are his ideas, and he has people who who support his ideas as as, as extreme as they well. And his, under, they buy his supplements. They buy his content. And I understand that because the people could tell him I'll say the same as that thing about Farrakhan yeah. and Mason. Um, so I understand that completely. But the thing that that I think that we but he he they both have the right to say these things, mm-hmm. but. Because probably you know, companies own these things, they can they can sign with whoever they want out of the way that we can see a lot quicker. You can even see this now that even like like I know we don't talk about Art Kelly on this channel, but like we don't we don't. It's, that's a rule. That's a rule. But I'm just I'm just using like the band has been broken. We will never continue this again. But like just think about how like Spotify and people can just take their music away. You know what I'm saying? So we live in a world where like if. And think about this too. Like kids are gonna grow up only knowing to get music from Spotify and Apple. Like yeah. that. Like that's going to be where I they mean, turn I'll, to for main. I mean, there might there might be like SoundCloud stuff like that. I'll be I'll be completely honest. You know, I don't like DRM. Yeah. I don't like digital digital media rights. Yeah. Like I hate I hate like you buy a book off Amazon. Yeah, a lot of people. And you do. can't download the book. So I I. I'm on the deep web, not the dark web. <laughs> Are you saying web. just open on the podcast? <laughs> and so, I'm not saying I endorse this stuff, but you do a little bit of digging, mm-hmm. you can find a way around this. The deep stuff. web, right now, Amazon my, probably bad. Maya's on the blockchain. So I'm getting on. I like this. You know how to develop on the blockchain? I will get on there. Because it's very interesting. Because I know what I'm measuring, and it ain't gonna make me no money. So, but I'm gonna still do it because I love it. You know. I'm a major in African American um, studies. I was gonna major in public administration, but then I realized that ain't about my life. I can't get a, a business degree. I gotta, I gotta, get, I gotta get some theory in my life. <laughs> okay. But back to the point. Back to the point. I think now that we realize that these private governments, these private companies, ain't your friends. 
right? They ain't your friends. And so when they ban Louis Farrakhan, when they ban and control the means of how you get your media, it's basically like manufacturing consent times 20. Yeah. But like, well, I, I, I think, too, it's going to be... It's going to be really interesting to move forward. Because, like, as... Let's just be honest. So these probably won't be the first bands. They're going to be a whole lot And there will be more bands as things continue to grow. Um, at what point... Does it go after? And at what point do? Not, but at what point do do we decide, or do do companies decide what is best for us? And the idea is that we can kind of predict and project in the world. Um, and I think that's always have been since for for a really long time in this world, um, the fight, the fight of what is what do I what can I put out to say? And also, what is truth? What is well, truth is a real thing because truth is manufactured. People, I I used to think of truth as um as uh, as a hard putty no. that you could not. That's not penetrate. that's not what. But now is. I'm realizing that people think of truth as a multiple, well two well like two things well two thing. things can be full at once, mm-hmm. and I think that's something that it took me a really long time to understand that two simultaneously things can be completely full at once. And people interpret reality completely differently. Mm-hmm. A person who has schizophrenia may think that they're fighting this big old hell mm-hmm. And they right. might be. like they, in, in their mind, they might really see this. It might really be food. So food's a, a very, a very like, not so much like philosophical term, but it's a term that like we have to question a lot more. But and food is moving too. Mm-hmm. So I don't, people don't understand that. Food's alive and well. Like we have data now that we can, what, what's food today won't be food next week. Mm-hmm. And sometimes. I think it's also, and it's also dangerous because now we have these private organizations Determining what's true, determining and crafting the reality. I don't and think the determining was no, true. I think the determining was true. If you ban people, you are de- crafting the what, narrative. The narrative. You're crafting someone's reality. But they're not gone. You just have to find you know? them on different platforms. But now, but now I, I have a problem because they're going to challenge independent media. They're going to challenge organizations like Democracy Now, the Black yeah. Agenda to Report, the Real News. Well, they've been silenced these organizations. They this have. Isn't, this isn't a but, new thing. But, but but it's going to be even harder for these organizations because they realize that the only way you reach a, a mass of people it's is also, through I mean, social media. YouTube, it's through social through media, Twitter, mm-hmm. it's through social media accounts. Because they control the means of, not the means of production, but the means of platform. Yeah, and that's a dangerous. Well, thing. I, I, oh, I think too. I think, I think you're seeing it only as it is, mm-hmm. not as it can become. So at the same time, it, the, the these these bigger companies they do control those means. Mm-hmm. But how often people now, most people on the internet, I think this is my personal opinion. They want to find niche audiences. Mm-hmm. They want to find the flabs. So like now, people are really trying to target into these smaller subgroups, even on these bigger groups. Just selling people. No, it's it's selling people, but it's also selling ideas. Mm-hmm. It's selling, like you said, the foof. So people want to find the foof that they believe now. Mm-hmm. And the internet allows them to find that and find it with a community that they can support. So even if you go to something as crazy as, like, the KKK, that's literally what a lot of these white, these white-wing white organizations are doing, like these very exciting white-wing. They're finding people who want to believe what they say, target them with advertisements, media that can confirm what they say, and then because of what so much we've been conditioned up to the point to suck our phones 2,000 times a day. When you wake up. Yeah. So I, it makes it very easy that this is this tells us what's real or not versus what I'm, what I'm starting to try to move more into is um, validation, validation learning. 
So like self-learning based off of other people's ideas and other people's theories, because that's, that's consumption. So it's a base learning off of validation. So about doing things, about having experiences, about talking to people. That's what the Buddha says. Yeah, and I, well, I think, I, I, I think that's something that we don't really talk about a lot in the West. I mean, also because you know? the way we're conditioned, someone that has someone else, you have to base, the way you write a paper. Yeah. Everything you have to say has to be cited by someone else. Yeah. So if you say something yeah, that's original thought, yeah. that people will say, how 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 is that how is that real? Yeah. How but, is that true? But that's how you only I think validation learning is how you learn like in today's world. Because mm-hmm. the target's always moving now. Like it's not going to be the same thing. But we got a few more minutes left. Why don't we knock out some of these four con quotes, pop some knowledge on the people? <laughs> I also do have one extra point I want to say about that. I think the Buddha says the Buddha says that the way that you experience truth that you get to enlightenment is through experimentation mm-hmm. and i think now we live in such a weird culture that the fear of failure yeah that the fear of the unknown is what inhibits us from truly finding out truth yeah. so the reason i've been wearing a winter hat every day in the spring no here's why, here's why. <laughs> okay, i want well. to really challenge this a notion about whether or not what do i know is true do I know that it's truly warm outside? And I'll know it's truly warm outside when my ears get sweated. So use that thing to question truth. Get those sweaty eels, baby. Yeah. Bending reality. My ass bending reality, sweaty eels. Okay. You want um, me to start your mom? You want me to start? Let me see if I can start it off here. Now, I'm going to tell you about right now. I do not support, believe any of these quotes, but these are things that I listen to and I do enjoy, and I'm not telling anybody else to listen to them. I am not a black supremacist. I don't even know that's the thing, but I'm sure it could be labeled that way. I am not the black nationalist. I am not the thing. I sure it could neither. be labeled that I'm way. I'm a black internationalist. I'm a, a black radical. I'm, a, I'm definitely not a black radical. I'm a, I'm a free thinker and I'm a humanist. So those are things, those are the labels that I like to be associated with. Well, I want to do a whole episode on black radicalism. You want to do an episode on black radicalism? Because black radicalism has a lot of um, perks of black, uh, being a humanist. But it's also it from uh, from a black Marxist, black leftist perspective. So, because that's, I'm not a pan-Africanist, but I'm a black internationalist, you know. Alright, so without further ado, and all the labels and all the disclosures have been said... Um, why don't we get into some Farrakhan quotes? Because it was hard times. <laughs> and the white man said he was coming to get it. I went right in his office. He was in his office, yeah. I said, I'm not going to let you take advantage of a hard time that I have. I'm not a thief. I will pay you. But if you come to get that car, I'll burn the car to the ground. <laughs> no, I'm not joking. Wow. I told him I'll kill you. I kill you. Crazy. He knew I wasn't playing. See, crazy niggas are the ones that they don't bother too much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like that because I think it says that you have to be extreme sometimes. Mm-hmm. You have to be willing to go to distance. I'm not saying go on and just kill all the white people who take your cars because you would be you would be in jail very quickly. So, like, as the idea always, yeah, that's not how you fight the revolution. But as the concept of you have to be willing to go to extreme limbs to get what you believe is right, is going to push you and drive you to maintain focus. Um, but yeah, do not kill white people for taking cars you didn't pay. And don't take car loans if you can't pay the cars. Just don't get it. Like, wait. Because that is a flat. Well, so. don't even buy a car. You live in like a, a developed city. Get a bike. Maybe your bus system and a bike could get you around. 
You know, here's one of my favorite Louis Farrakhan quotes. Well, it's not so much of a quote. Which is, if not the most corrupt nation in Africa, and it is, it could be the most corrupt nation in the world, Minister Farrakhan. And now, Mr. Wallace, (laughs) it is the most corrupt nation that I have ever covered. I've been there 25 years ago, and I've been there as recently as last year. Fine. So what? (laughs) 35 years old. That's what that nation is. Now, here's America, 226 years old. You love democracy? But there in Africa, you're trying to force these people into a system of government that you just have accepted 30 years ago when black folk got the right to vote. You're not in any moral position to tell anybody how corrupt they are. You should be quiet and let those of us who know our people go there and help them get out of that condition. But America should keep her mouth shut wherever there's a corrupt regime, as much hell as America has raised on the earth. No, I will not allow America or you, Mr. Wallace, to condemn them as the most corrupt... To Nigeria. Don't have that blood on my hand. Yes, there's corruption there. Yes, there's mismanagement of resources. Yes, there is abuse. There's abuse in every nation on earth, including this one. So let's not play holy to moralize on them. Let's help. Them. I'm not moralizing. I'm asking a question and I got an answer. Why would you put it as the most corrupt regime in the world? That doesn't make sense. Can you think of one more corrupt? Yeah, I'm living in one. I'm living in one. Yes. You've done a hell of a so you should not be the one to talk. You should be quiet when it comes to moral condemnation. One of my favorite quotes. Why you pick that one? Well, it's the one that, as the comment on Instagram said, is one of the best clapbacks that anything <laughs> white people have to say. <laughs> That's just, you know. All right. Here's one of my favorite ones. So this is like young Farrakhan. This is like Farrakhan, like, in his 30s. That's like young Farrakhan. That's like early 30s Farrakhan. Um, walking around the streets of Chicago, talking to African-American males who recently got released from prison, finally give them motivation to come and join the nation, get their lives together, and kind of make that transition. So for me, I like the idea of how, of how he sees blackness, how he sees black unity, mm-hmm. how he understands that like in a world where we're so pinned up against each other, because I grew up in a world where sometimes you feel like you had to be more violent to black people than the white people, because like, they was coming to do something to you or to cause you harm to be able to still have much self-love and some damn way, Mal. You got any more? Um, I never listened to this quote, but I, it says... Um, He's going to put some animals. You don't even know what this could be. This could be him talking about killing all the white people. Nah, it's be, about It's food. for a car. It's it could be food. anything. <laughs> It 
is a really the honorable elijah muhammad said the best foods for the human being is fruit and vegetables virtually all vegetables he says are good to eat except collard greens and turnip salad you know the top of the turnip <laughs> the greens of the turnip don't eat it the collard green is like a weed that thing is tough like shoe leather cabbages are good especially the white hair not what are you talking about? Don't go. He say what? He say what? Keep reading from Elijah Muhammad. How did he live? He say what? You ever seen that Boondocks yeah. episode? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna ask you why you picked that girl, but you don't even know why. All right, this, this is my last one. We all had a job, you know. Full employment. But after they let us out of slavery, <clears throat> did you know that black folk? set up over 60 black towns in America? Did you know that black people started building? I'm talking about we were the artisans, we were the craftsmen. White folk didn't use hammers, white folk didn't use saws, white folk didn't have to plan how to build this and that because they had us. We built their mansions, we built the White House, we built the Congress, we built the State House. How could you be a builder like that for somebody else and now all of a sudden you don't know how to build nothing for yourself? Well, what kind of education have you been receiving? So I, I, He's true. He's I think we need to move towards more builders, more people who want to create. People want to change the war and affect it. And, you know, and kind of help break up some of the big monopolies that these big companies got so they just can't go out and just ban people based off of whoever decides that it's right or wrong. So that's my opinion. Do you have anything else you want to add, young man? Um, you know. Sounds good. This is Jamal. I'm Jeremiah. Young Black America.